Welcome to the Making Headway Podcast, a podcast for brain injury survivors by brain injury survivors, providing resources and camaraderie for anyone recovering from any type of brain injury. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Making Headway Podcast. This is Erin, and today I'm with Amy Mercury. She is a craniosacral therapist, which um, just a few weeks ago, I had no idea what that meant. Um, and I was very fortunate to be able to have a session with her and kind of get an idea of it. It's really something you have to explore to fully understand. But I thought it was definitely a worthwhile thing to explore and something I wanted to explore more on the show so that we can learn more about what cranial sacral therapy is. So welcome, Amy. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah. Um, so I never really cut around. Um, what is the expression? I never... I cut to the chase, I guess. You cut to the so, chase. So um, how about we just, yeah, how about we just start and um, start with how you kind of got into this? I think our listeners will find that very interesting. It's a pretty interesting process. Um, I was as non-believing and reluctant as they come in terms of anything alternative. Um, I was dealing with really severe debilitating migraine headaches that started in college. And within a few years, they were pretty disruptive in my life. It was so that I was scared to wake up in the morning because I didn't know how my day was going to go. I was scared to make plans because I didn't know if I was going to be able to show up where I said I was going to. Um, I went to neurologists and a talk therapist and all sorts of ists, I guess, and um, tried a lot of different medications um, not really any dietary things now that I'm thinking about it. I think they told me not to eat chocolate and that didn't really feel good. And so I probably didn't listen. Um, so I just kept getting more and more frustrated. And my talk therapist said to me, um, you should go have craniosacral therapy. And so I laughed at him and I said, okay, um, you know, I don't think I'm that desperate yet. And then I think within a couple of weeks I was that desperate. And so I went to have the work done. And I didn't know what to expect. Um, I thought it was kind of woo-woo and crazy. And after five sessions, I didn't have headaches anymore. And mind blown. I just was like, how did this happen? How does this work? And the therapist basically became my mentor and helped me change my diet, my way of thinking about things, my whole outlook on what the body and mind and spirit are and how they interact And it basically changed my whole life, whether I liked it or not. Um, Mm. And I just had to start learning the technique. So that's what I did. And here I am like the hugest proponent of this therapy that you almost couldn't have paid me to do in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I know. Isn't it funny how desperation is kind of the door to discovery? Um, you just get to a point where you're like, something has got to work. I will try anything. Right. And you're hoping anything, maybe this will be it. Maybe this will be it. Maybe this will be it because you just, you just want the pain to go away. You know, you just Mm -hmm. want your life back. And that's what Mm -hmm. I was feeling. And so thank goodness I tried it. And as soon as I did, I was like, how come it took me this long to get to this? I need to Mm -hmm. let people know about this. I didn't even know this was an option. How do we make this more available um, to people? And that's still very slow. A lot of people haven't heard of it still. I wish more neurologists would suggest it. Um, 
one of the issues around it sometimes is insurance doesn't cover it. And so it's mm. just one more of those out-of-pocket expenses um, that we yeah. that we all know. Yeah, insurance is always such a tough thing. It doesn't always give you what you need. It doesn't. Um, but let's explain a little bit um, what is, so what's the basis of craniosacral? I mean, from what I understand, it's manipulating cerebral spinal fluid, but that's a very basic understanding. That is one thing that it does. Um, one really important thing, I guess there's a few things that I bring um, to my understanding of craniosacral work. And number one, it's that the body is a self-correcting mechanism that the body knows exactly what it needs to do to bring itself to homeostasis, to that balance um, when it needs to. Examples of that of how we get a fever when we need to fight off a pathogen um, or just blinking if our eyes get dusty and need cleaning um, or just sneezing. I mean, there are so many things that we do without thinking that the body just does to go, oh, we need to get, we need to correct that. We need to get more in balance. And so craniosacral therapy really seeks to work with the body's ability to do that. As a therapist, I don't create change in anybody. I support their bodies in creating that change. Um, the other thing that craniosacral works with is structure and function. And that is the idea that our bodies, all of our separate parts, our organs, our cells, our muscles, Every single thing has a specific structure that allows it to perform its specific function. And so when the structure is compromised, let's say from an injury or just an emotional trauma, because we hold those things in our tissues, when a, a muscle or bone or something is pulled out of whack, it can't perform its function properly. And that often invites other parts of the body to sort of compensate. And then we get all stretched out of place. So craniosacral work helps to restore optimal structure of the body and all of the systems so that they can function optimally. Cerebrospinal fluid and the nervous system play a big role in terms of regulating both of those. Um, our nervous system runs pretty much everything in the body, right? It sends signals messages, um, is, works with feelings, um, tells it, it's a, it's a pretty big information highway. And if there are any disruptions in it, I like to, um, explain like the game telephone that we played when we were kids, where you would whisper a message to someone. And then by the time it got around to the 10th person, it's maybe a totally different sentence than what mm -hmm. it started out as. So that can happen to our nervous system. Um, it can get, out of whack, signals can get messed up. And so you don't want a message that's supposed to go to your heart to go to your digestive system. It just, it won't work. And so mm -hmm. craniosacral helps to via the cerebrospinal fluid and just connecting with the nervous system, it helps to get that regulated. Um, mm. Another big piece of that is helping shift the body into being in the parasympathetic system as the normal operational system, so to speak, instead of the sympathetic system. Um, too many of us in the world nowadays are operating in the sympathetic system. We are always in fight or flight. We're bringing ourselves to adrenal fatigue. And 
it's not a fun place to live and it's not a really good healing place to live. It's very hard to heal yourself um, when you're so busy fighting off imaginary dinosaurs, right? That are coming Mm -hmm. after us. Um, Well, that's like with my brain injury, um, it really affected my autonomic nervous system. So my sympathetic nervous system. Um, And, you know, my brain literally was trying to die. Um, So my body kind of got stuck in that, stuck in that I must protect, you know, this vessel and keep it running at all costs. And when you're stuck in that mode, you're not able to well, digest is one thing, you know, I was constipated and I'm like, why am I constipated? I've never been constipated. Um, but you're also not able to think creatively and you're not able to really problem solve because you're just focused on getting away from the tiger. Um, so I think our audience is definitely, you know, all nodding their heads right now. Like, yep, I have this dysregulation. I have these issues. I know what she's talking about. Yeah, that is one of the main things that um, I can feel in people and that the sessions, um, I don't just work to regulate your system once I help your system to regulate itself so that living in the parasympathetic, that natural regulation becomes the new normal that you're feeling. What can often happen when we start looping in the sympathetic system is our body starts to think that that's normal and Mm -hmm. we'll keep recreating that because it goes, oh, this is where we live now. And you're going, I don't want to live here. You know, this is not a happy yeah, place. You get kind of stuck in a loop. And it's really, it takes conscious effort and work and help um, to get out of that loop. Like for me, I don't know, maybe some people can do it by themselves, but I could not. I didn't even understand what was going on. I needed help from many different types of therapy to help me break those cycles and to get a control over what was going on. Absolutely. It um, takes a village. And when you're in pain, it's really hard to think positively about making changes. Like you just want it to go away. You don't want to put a whole lot of effort into things. I, I, I know that feeling. And so having someone to help you and support you or a lot of people, you know, I'm a big fan of teams and communities of people working together um, because they're, they're strength in numbers, I think. I'm saying a lot of cliche things, yeah, but they make sense. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> cliches exist for a reason, right? Yeah. I mean, certain sayings stick around because they're true. If you or someone you know is struggling to recover after brain injury like a stroke, take a free online assessment at modusnova.com forward slash making headway to see if their robots can help boost your recovery. If you are struggling with stroke recovery, take the free online assessment at modusnova.com forward slash making headway to learn if Modus can help you recover. Um, so Amy, um, you know, I don't know if every session's like the one I experienced. If someone wanted to experience craniosacral therapy, what would they expect? So that, I mean, you can expect, I would say on one hand, expect nothing. And on the other hand, expect everything. Um, one thing that's different about my practice is I have moved it to all remote work. Most craniosacral therapists practice in person, you know, using a massage table or something and doing a hands-on body work. And I did that for years and years and years until, um, the pandemic popped up and suddenly I couldn't do that anymore. And so I just changed. That's like the best thing about the pandemic, about the pandemic for me. For the most part, 
in any type of session that you're going to have, whether it's hands-on or at a distance, um, I would say you can expect to feel a change. Um, I think that's the most realistic expectation. Sometimes you will feel more relaxed right away. Sometimes whatever is going to come out of your body, um, you can feel anxious first as you release that. Sometimes you can feel mm -hmm. pain a little bit um, and then that gets released. Um, so it's not mm -hmm. always a, the most relaxing experience. Oftentimes it is, but as your body is resolving any issues that come up, it can be a little uncomfortable sometimes mm -hmm. for the mood. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, I can speak to that. Um, you know, the actual therapy set, well, it is, I don't know if therapy session is the right word, but the actual session, um, I was just laying there. Um, Amy was on the phone and we weren't talking. Um, it was just quiet time. And I got into like a state where I wasn't asleep, but I also wasn't, you know, I wasn't wide awake like I am right now. Um, and it's amazing the types of things that kind of start to stir up, you know, things that you think that maybe you've handled or that aren't an issue. Um, for me, some stuff stirred up, you know, like some past traumas um, were there. And like Amy said, it's not the most, you know, I, I felt safe. Don't get me wrong, but it definitely wasn't the most comfortable feeling after because it was like, oh, geez, like I thought this stuff was better. Um, but the nice thing that happened was it it rose to attention some some issues and some things that I had going on. And it gave me the opportunity to be able to address those head on and be like, you know what, I don't need to go into every little memory and every little bad thing that happened in my life. This is an opportunity for me to have a boundary around that and to accept that there are other forms of healing that don't require re-traumatizing, like having to relive. Um, and it took a few days for me to be able to kind of settle down from that. I, you know, felt, um, like you said, a little more anxious, anxious, not in the medical term, but more just like things weren't quite in balance. And I took some time meditating and journaling and really exploring myself. And I think because of that, I'm in a way better place now. Um, and it, it, to me, was very affirming, like, yes, you have the power to heal without having to remember every traumatic experience in detail, because I'm an empath, I remember the feelings. So when you re-feel how bad that felt, it's damaging. Um, but this was a way that kind of led me through it in a different way, um, in a way that my mental health therapy has not done before. And I was really grateful for that. Oh, I am so glad to hear that. So glad yeah. to hear of your experience. That's awesome. And that is like everything that I hope people would come away with. Um, that even if it doesn't feel great, it's an opportunity to really take your power back. So many times when we have um, an injury or are in significant pain, we feel very disempowered. Um, mm -hmm. And when we can recognize that we have choices around certain situations and and sometimes we're just like you said, presented with those situations of not feeling so great and feeling, you know, feeling some of the icky stuff that was coming up and you made a choice to go, this is how I'm going to handle that. You know, you took the situation back on yourself and mm -hmm. that's a pretty great feeling, I would imagine. It's very empowering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, because so many things, you know, so many things about trauma, we really have no control over. You know, for those of us that experienced a brain injury, it's not like we woke up one day saying, today, I'm going to go have a stroke. No, you had something traumatic happen to you. But to know that you have the ability within yourself and the strength within yourself to confront that head on and um, to really make it into an expression, to express it in a way that's gratifying and that will help you move forward, um, just knowing you have that choice, um, it's super empowering. It's amazing. It's another um, piece that I try to bring to my clients is um, the power of perspective and mm -hmm. in, in knowing, okay, I may not have control over events that happened, but I do get to choose how I want to respond to those events and how I want to move forward. And I know for a long time when I was dealing with these migraines for years, I was in a really victimy place of what's happening to me. This is awful. You know, why is this happening to me? Um, it's not fair. How come everybody else has a great life? Why does mine suck? Like you name it, whatever you can mm -hmm. say around those to keep myself in that disempowered place. I lived there for a long, long time and it actually gets kind of comfortable there. Um, you get mm -hmm. kind of attached mm -hmm. to the victim or I did anyway. And mm -hmm. then I just got sick of myself, I guess. And I changed the question from why did this happen to me to hmm, why did this happen to me? And I got a little more curious about it and thought, what, what can I make of this? Like I'm done making a big poopy pile of it. Maybe I can make something pretty. Maybe I can make myself mm -hmm. more myself. And that was an empower, empowering thought that brought me more actually to who I was, a person inside of me that I didn't even know. Like it, this was way more than I bargained for. I just wanted to get rid of the headaches. <laughs> I didn't mm -hmm. <laughs> necessarily want to find my soul self or do all this shadow work. Um, except that actually I did cause I love that now. <laughs> so mm. it's nice to be open to the gifts that can come from this. And I know sometimes it, um, as a friend of mine says, you know, the universe has strange gift wraps sometimes and yeah. it's true, but I would rather have choice around how I want to move forward in my life than not. Um, mm -hmm. that, gave me a lot of strength. And that's what I hope to impart to, to everybody, um, particularly my clients when I work with them, is how can you reframe this in a way that empowers you moving forward rather than disempowers? Um, because that, well, that feeling empowered, I want to say one more thing. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, yeah, no. Being empowered is actually more supportive for our immune system. The better we can feel, mm -hmm. the more positive, higher vibration emotions that we can pull into ourselves that is going to be, that is less stress on the immune system and is going to allow our body to heal faster. Mm. And the, the value that perspective has, that really is what sets the stage for building new pathways within your brain. And a big, you know, buzzword that a lot of us brain injury survivors have is neuroplasticity. And that's exactly that. It's building new pathways in your brain. And to do that, you really have to shift how you think about things because um, you mentioned vibrations, you know, you, you get whatever frequency you're plugged into, that's what you're going to get. So if you're stuck on the country music station, this is what my life coach tells me all the time. <laughs> so if you're stuck on country music, that you're going to hear country music. 
but you have the dial. Like you can change it. You can listen to pop if you want or rock and roll or whatever. Um, So it's the same with our thoughts. If you're always stuck in negativity, you're just going to keep feeling negativity. But if you switch it to something a little more empowering or um, explorative, that's what you're going to get. And you're going to start building those new pathways. But it does take a lot of reprogramming and reprogramming is freaking hard. (laughs) It can be really, it can absolutely be really hard, Um, but it can be done. You know, we both Mm -hmm. know that and it can be taught and learned. Um, It's something that I try to do in my sessions. um, And that's part of the work that craniosacral can do with the nervous system. Um, we, we are actually in control of our neurons. We are, we can use our thoughts to control what goes on in our bodies. Um, the body is actually not very bright in general. It just listens to the mind, whatever the mind says, the body is going to respond to. So if the mind's like, Oh my God, we're having a horrible day. We don't feel good. The body's going to go, Oh, we're having a horrible day. We don't feel good. But if we can take those neural pathways of we don't feel good, it's not going to be a good day, and get out of those grooves, the the more we have that thought, the deeper the groove um, is in our brain. If we can consciously change that to it's a great day, I feel fantastic. Even if we don't actually feel that, if we can convince our body of that, our body believes us. And if we can think that enough, we can change that to be the dominant neural pathway that is running in our brain. And the more we have that thought, the more we change our neurochemicals, the more we have those positive chemicals, the oxytocin, the dopamine, the serotonin running through us. And when we can do that enough um, through the nervous system, we can change how we feel. We literally change our physicality by changing our thoughts in that way. It's pretty cool. It is really cool. And I was very impressed in our session at, um, you know, it's not Reiki because I looked up what Reiki is, but there's definitely an energy transfer. It's almost like you're reading the patient's energy. I don't know if you call them patients or clients or what, but it's almost like you're you're reading that and you offered some really valuable insights um, that led to um, one for me was um, increasing my fish oil, um, you know, like getting in a feel like hydrate, hydrating more. Um, so it's not just mindset stuff that you're picking up on. You're picking up on some of the nutrition and some of those other links within your body. Um, maybe you can talk about some of those other links. Yeah. I am. So one of the more important things that I should have mentioned in the beginning when talking about craniosacral is the role of the therapist being the observer. Um, mm-hmm. For the most part, being a non-judgmental observer and seeing my, my people, let's just call them my people, um, in their healthy wholeness. They are not a broken part. They are not a headache. They are not a concussion or a broken leg or anything like that. They are a whole, healthy, beautiful human being. And that's what I see as I am observing their body and their energy. Um, Being in that non-judgmental place allows me to observe everything that is going on and be open to feeling anything. Um, 
And so the reason I mentioned the fish oil is as I was working on you, things felt a little crispy and a little dry. That's how I take that in. And I think, oh, we need a little bit of lube here. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which would also, we all need a little bit of lube. We could all use some fish oil, but it's also particularly valuable with brain injuries because it helps produce, um, BDNF, which is really important in, um, cell regeneration, neuron regeneration. Um, so I guess the other, how do I want to say this? So the observer changes the observed event just in the action of observing. And so just, just by me being there and focusing on someone, I'm, that's going to create change in their body. And when I do that, when any therapist does that focused non-judgmentally on the wholeness and complete beauty of a person, that focus in that whole way is going to invite more wholeness. I know this is going to sound confusing. Mm -hmm. If the observation, you know, we sort of get what we expect to see in a way. Mm -hmm. And so that's observed within scientific reports too. Oh, I'm not making this up. (laughs) No, you're not like the observer's scientific bias, you know, just their own bias can influence the results because like you said, you're when you're observing something, you're looking for certain things and you're looking to prove your hypothesis. So you're looking for things that support that where, um, you know, really being able to be non-judgmental in what you're seeing, like that's a skill in itself. Um, not one that I'm so sure I have. Um, it took me a little while. <laughs> yeah, because you have to be very comfortable just letting someone be. Um, I think, you know, it's hard for us as humans. We want to, like me right now, you want to fill that void. You want to fill that silence with words or with something or with energy or with, you know, you feel someone hurting. So you want to take that on for them and make it go away. Um, but that's not what this is all about. It's true. It's, and it did take me a long time to get to the space that I'm in now of really allowing everyone to have their own journey. I think that's what it breaks down to is not wanting to change anything, not wanting anything to be different than it already is, but really being accepting and okay of what is right now and knowing that whatever is right now is is perfect in essence, no matter how it could be seen as being flawed. Um, in, in each person's wholeness, they are their whole selves. That's what mm-hmm. I want to see. And that's what I want to reflect. Um, what makes me an effective therapist is the amount of work that I have done on my own psyche and my own self. Um, mm-hmm. I've had some really icky experiences in my life and the way that I have gone through them has only brought me more wholeness to myself. I'm much more me than I ever was. And when I can reflect that authenticity in me to other people, it invites them to see themselves in the same way. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that triggers the heck out of people and they don't like it. And sometimes (laughs) that says to people, oh, you know, I think I can be whole like that. I think I want that Mm -hmm. kind of healing. And they, they go with it. And nobody's wrong and nobody's right. It's just, again, where each person is and allowing them to be there and be okay with it. 
Maybe that's what I want the and most is to make everyone feel like they're okay. Yeah. I mean, that just that skill in itself of being able to be okay with yourself um, and accepting yourself where you are. Because I think, you know, so many of us, especially in the brain injury world, we're striving for what we used to be rather than what we are now. And you need that that self-compassion and that um, feeling of respect for yourself of where you are now because you really only have the present. You can't ever recreate the past. It's true. It's true. And what if what if you could be better? Like right? I know we always right. we, we want to go back to what we were, but that's kind of limiting in some ways too. Sometimes we don't even know how amazing we could be. You know, mm -hmm. I can I can look back now and and all the traumas and injuries and and really things that hurt my heart so bad in my life if it got me to today and who I am today, I'll take it. Yep. That was, worth it. it was worth it. It was really worth it. And I, I guess that's another perspective look that I would love to empower people with is, well, you're okay, but you know, everything mm -hmm. brings us to a point that pretty much almost always makes us better in a more whole way. Mm-hmm. I think so many of us, um, that's a common theme that comes up is so many of us when asked, you know, would you trade your brain injury? We say no, um, because it has allowed you to be free from your old ways of thinking. Um, maybe it's not the way that you would have chosen to be free of your old ways of thinking, but it's taught you so much and pushed us into um, just, I don't, better as a not better. I don't like those strong comparisons, but just just a different way of being, a different way of understanding the world and communicating with others and loving your on yourself and others. Um, it's just it's so valuable. It is. I agree, and I like different. I like different better than better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> How's that? I don't like those stark comparisons that all or nothing. Like it has to be this way or it has to be that way because you know, there's place for all things to exist and to coexist. And, you know, we have the ability to, um, to take all those different aspects and to co-create it into something, like you said, that's better than what we used to be, you know, that that's different from what we used to be. Um, it's that, it's that soul connection that I think we don't always think about until we're faced with our own mortality, at least for me. Um, I hadn't really thought about that soul part of my body, but you, ha that is a true part of you and one that if let, if you can let it shine, it really, it really enlightens your life and makes you so much better. It does. It makes you, I think it makes you more, you know, I want to jump to mm -hmm. what you said of that. It's such a big, it is a part of us and such a big part of us and too often you know, I know I certainly paid no attention to that part of me until I started having migraines. And someone told me something really cool once, which is that when you don't listen to your higher self, which is just another way to call your soul, um, it speaks to you in a language that you can't ignore. And oftentimes that language is pain. Um, mm. when you're really not listening and I really wasn't listening, I have had to earn every little bit of my listening skills. Now that did not come natural to me. 
Um, me too. But pain forced me to listen to things that that I just completely shut out at first, and then secondhand that I didn't want to hear once I started hearing them. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't want to hear those things and make those changes. That seemed like an awful lot of work. Um, mm-hmm. But the higher self is relentless, right? <laughs> it, it doesn't stop mm-hmm. and doesn't give up, and really does have best interests at heart. We just, Mm -hmm. I, I remind myself quite often to let go of frameworks or outcomes, um, because they kind of set me up for disappointment. If I think something is supposed to be a certain way and it doesn't turn out that way, you know, that doesn't always feel good. But when you can think of, oh, I wonder how that's going to turn out and be open, feels a lot better on my nervous system. Are you finding it hard to recover at home after a stroke? Modus Nova makes robotic devices to help folks with a brain injury regain the use of their affected limbs. Recovery after stroke takes thousands of hours of work that isn't all covered in outpatient therapy. Whether you're 10 days or 10 years post-stroke, recovery is still possible. You just need many hours of rehab to make that happen. The Modus hand or foot are AI-powered robotic exoskeletons that help users do exercises through the playing of video games, similar to the way an occupational or physical therapist might work with your limb. Recovery after stroke is hard because stroke survivors don't get enough hours of rehab to regain function. Find out if Modus Nova can help you by taking their free online assessment at modusnova.com slash making headway. Modus Nova helps survivors with little or no movement get moving again. They help you get in the repetitions you need to form new neural pathways. Through playing video games, the robotic hand and foot can assist with limb movements to provide a personalized exercise experience. If this sounds like something you want to try, visit modusnova.com slash making headway to learn more. Make sure to use special code making headway when you sign up and get a month free with the 30 day challenge. Visit modusnova.com slash making headway to get started. That's M O T U S N O V A.com slash making headway. Absolutely. Um, it's kind of, you know, taking yourself out of the driver's seat a little bit and seeing what else there is. Um, I think it's a hard concept to explain. And I think, you know, this is why you don't really hear of it in medicine, um, because it is such an abstract way of thinking that, that, you know, you're in control of your life, but then you need to like let go of control to really regain something in your life. It's a very Yep. I don't know. It's it's a hard thing to explain, but so I like, valuable. I like to say you're in trust of your life and not in control, so to speak. Mm. Um, because when we can mm-hmm. let go of control, we can surrender. Um, and that was something that I found very, very difficult to do because my childhood made me feel like I had to control everything around me or you know, to keep yourself safe, probably, at least for me. Yes, exactly. The more control I have, the more safe it is. But really, I only know my own finite way of seeing things. I don't know the greater way things could be. 
So you kind of have to give up on some of that. Exactly. You kind of have to give up on all of it. And that's, mm-hmm. that's hard. <laughs> that's hard, especially when you're used to controlling your inner and outer environment so that, you know, you don't die. That's where these things all come from. We feel so scared um, that we need to survive a situation that we, we put all of these patterns and programs in place to keep us safe. And they're great for a while. They have a use. But then you need to upgrade. You know, they don't work anymore on the system. So mm-hmm. it's that concept of us constantly developing and constantly um, being in a place of evolution. Um, you have to allow for that. You just, you do. And I, I hate being so, like, so you have to, you have to. Like, I, I really shouldn't say that. But for me, like, I've needed, I've really needed to lighten up on the amount of control. That's the only other word I can think of um, to allow what is meant for me to happen. Cause I don't know what's meant for me. It's exciting, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, and that's actually a common theme with a lot of the people I work with, with who have um, experienced brain injuries in any form is it's often an invitation to let go of control. People who have learned to control everything to be safe and then suddenly it's not a tool for you anymore. It's not mm-hmm. an option. And mm-hmm. um, it's, it's interesting to see the different patterns that come up with the different um, traumas that we have. But control mm-hmm. is definitely a big one. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're brain is injured, it makes sense that you, that it's a little easier to give up because you literally don't have control. Part of your brain is injured and you're having to figure out ways to work around that and make new pathways um, because one part is dead or not really functioning well. Um, So it gives us that unique experience and unique time to be able to do that. Yeah, it Um, does. Yeah. It can be a good opportunity. What other, I feel like there's more aspects to cranial sacral that, you know, we kind of went on a tangent with the control thing, which I like, um, (laughs) because I think it's a good conversation. But there is a lot of science behind um, craniosacral therapy. Uh, I believe it's more based in quantum physics. It's a big term that I don't really understand. But I don't think anybody really understands that. I mean, we kind of we kind of do. And so all of these things existed before we had terms and words and equations and, you know, experiments and studies. It's just a matter of, have we brought it down into consciousness and can we explain it? You know, they say you don't really understand something until you can explain it simply to a five-year-old or something like that. Like that's when you really understand something. And I get that sentence completely. But I also, I don't understand how my car exactly works and I get in it and I trust that it's going to drive. There's a lot of things I don't quite understand how they work, but I have seen enough evidence of them working and that's enough for me. Um, Mm -hmm. So I take that a lot with craniosacral work. I don't always understand exactly how it works. I know it works with energy 
and our bodies are made of energy. Everything is made of energy, right? We've got our dense forms like a building or an airplane. And then we have ethereal forms like a thought or a belief or a feeling. And energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be transformed. It can go from one form to another. And so what craniosacral therapy does, and or I think any body work really does, is it manipulates energy or it allows for the change of energy. And any change in energy is going to change either the dense energy, the form, or the ethereal energy, the thought or the belief, or I don't even know how many energetic bodies there are at this point. I probably should know that. Um, I know that all of our different pieces, our cells, our organs, our muscles, our bones are all different energy fields that superimposed together create the body, the physical body. It's a mm -hmm. lot of different energy fields in that sense. And so mm -hmm. any of that energy can be observed by other energy and changed. Um, that got a little out there, I guess. I don't know if no, that. No, I think like, it makes okay. a lot of sense. It, yeah, no, it's raising to me um, the idea of having awareness. So, like we we have like all these different forms of energy, and then you're observing the energies and what you see going on, and just kind of raising awareness. Like I sensed this or I felt this with you, um, and for me that was very eye opening. It was like wow, like I'd never considered. Um, I'd never considered that that was a thing or that that was that that even existed. And it kind of just got me thinking about um, my life in ways that I could adjust and that I could change that perspective to allow a new pathway. Um, and without having had a guide to help show me where areas were that maybe were um, out of balance or maybe things that are in balance and going well, um, you know, it, it, it's nice to have that outside perspective because it can be easy to get kind of stuck in your own head and then you kind of get stuck in the muck and it's hard to see your way out. Um, so I saw kind of saw cranial sacral therapy as being a way to help, to help turn the lights back on <laughs> so I could oh, see what was going on. I love that. I need you to write for my website now, Erin. That's <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is the beauty right there. You said, what can someone earlier, you said, what can someone expect from a session? And your takeaway of that is not something that I've ever heard anyone describe their session like before. So hmm. maybe that's why I love doing this is everyone is going to have a different takeaway. Everyone needs a different thing to help them heal themselves. Um, everyone, everyone is going to get their own, their own unique healing path from it. Um, it's mm -hmm. a therapy. I see craniosacral as a therapy that is really uniquely geared to the individual. Um, particularly in that I never plan what I'm going to do in a session. I don't, you know, a lot of different therapists have, um, you know, checklists or different programs that they work from that, you know, are tried and true and, and, and do work. With craniosacral work, I can never plan out because I don't know what I'm going to observe in the body that day. I don't know what the body needs that day. Um, and if I 
if I have too much information and try to guess, that can block what's actually going on for me. You know, I think I told you I want to hear a little bit about what's going on with you, but not a whole lot because your body can't lie to me about what's going on, but your mind will have a different perspective and might explain things in a way that you're feeling it that might be a little bit different than what the body is experiencing. Hmm. That's yeah, that's where that outside reflection really helps because you know, I can easily interpret, put my own spin, you know, because you're self, we're all self preservationists. Like we want to um, present the best way that we can, mm-hmm. but you can kind of see through the bullshit for lack of better terms and be like, no, this, you know, I, I sensed these things. And it's up to the person, the individual to decide what that means. You don't say, I sense this and it means this and you have to do this. That, that's not it at all. Um, it just, opened up the fact that maybe some ways that I'm thinking of things could be different, um, that I could do it differently. Right. My identical twin brother, Luke, suffered a brain injury 10 years ago. I saw firsthand how long and difficult the road to recovery is and how little support is available. Before Luke's injury, we were both engineers at the University of Oxford and we are now committed to helping others find purpose, fulfillment, and happiness enabled by technology. And we need your help. We're looking for survivors, warriors, and family members for feedback and testing to help us build something amazing. And we're not selling anything. Please go to newmind.co.uk forward slash making headway. That is N-E-U mind.co.uk forward slash making headway all with no spaces hopefully we get to chat soon thank you so you must have to do a lot of work and we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier but you must have to do a lot of work beforehand to keep yourself kind of an open vessel without then taking on someone else's emotions um do you have any pointers for that? Because I feel like that's a that's definitely a skill that some of us may benefit from being able to observe without taking on. Absolutely. And that took me a long time. Um, that took me a long time to learn that. It took me a little while before I even knew what that was. You know, I didn't even know what energy was for a little while when I started doing this work. They don't really talk about this in the classes. They talk about it a little, but they, I don't know, I feel like we all could use a course in understanding our own bodies and how we take on energy and how we deal with it and how we can cleanse it. Like it's out there. I happen to be a big piece of Velcro and attract Me too. other people's, most people who are empathic, yes, are. Um, and I think sometimes it's a lot of people who do have brain or different injuries in that way, because we have been so tight for so long to keep ourselves separate from the energy um, that is coming on to us, or we get overloaded, and then we shut down our empathic sense because it's, it's too much, you know, we can only take on so much. And then, I don't know, sometimes we get a crack to open it up again, is what I think Mm -hmm. sometimes. So what I do, number one, is I keep my environment exactly as I need it. My house is not cluttered. Um, 
just because I can't stand, I'm looking around as I say this, <laughs> not let everybody can <laughs> see me, but I'm looking around and I need things to be calming to my nervous system and to my eye. I have a ton of plants. There's more plants in here than you could imagine. And they cleanse things. Um, I have a lot of beeswax candles. I burn sage. I take a lot of Epsom salt baths to clear my own body and energy field. Um, I get in the ocean as much as I can to clean myself off. I don't watch a lot of TV, if any. I don't actually have a TV. Uh, you know, my daughter and I will watch movies, but for the most part, um, I'm careful about what I take into my mind in that way, what I'm going to look at, what I read. Like these are all things that can either clutter me or feed me, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't go out in crowds a whole lot. I mean, I do. Um, it's not to say that I don't go out and enjoy things, but I, I know that if I am around too many people for too long, I start to take on their stuff and I don't feel good. Mm -hmm. I control a lot of my thoughts when I think things that don't feel good or are icky or about other people. I can start to take them on the same way I could connect with you for the session. Our thoughts connect us to other people and other things. And so keeping my thoughts focused on things that I know feel good for my nervous system is really important to me. I also, if I start feeling really icky sometimes, I will ask myself, um, is this mine or is this someone else's? And if it's not my feeling or my stuff, once I ask that question, I say, okay, drop away. You know, if it's not mine, mm -hmm. move out. I'm not taking on any other gunk today. And that's something that I had to learn. Um, because as a child, I actually learned that there was value in taking on other people's gunk, particularly of my parents. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was kind of my job. I'll just be this feelings dumpster over here. And that's how I learned of my capacity. Um, and now I'm just a lot more discerning about what I put in. Mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of people probably um, that have had any trauma in their childhood, you know, all of us have had trauma in our childhoods. I mean, a kid makes fun of you on the playground, that's trauma. Yep. Um, and some of us um, dealt with that by taking on the other person's emotions and then adjusting yourself to keep yourself safe. So, you know, so-and-so is not, you know, they're feeling kind of down and depressed and sad today. So I'm just going to be really quiet and stay in the corner and not try to bother anyone. Um, so you're not reacting to your own emotions. You're reacting to somebody else's. And in turn, that makes you feel down, depressed and quiet. So it's really, you know, I had never heard of um, empaths and empathetic type people until I had my stroke. I actually um, fell upon like a yoga course that taught me about it. And I it opened my eyes up to the fact that I take on everybody's emotions. Yep. And I didn't, you know, I thought it was me feeling bad. I'm like, I'm just socially anxious. I'm not good in, you know, social situations. That's not the case. I'm just taking on everyone's feelings and not sure what to do with it all. Um, so like you said, like just recognizing the fact that, okay, I walked into this room and instantly felt bad. Do I feel bad? No, no, there's something else going on here. That's not me. Like cleansing yourself of that. That's really freeing. Um, yep. you know, it helps for my brain that overstimulation of having so much going on. Um, it helps if you can get rid of some of the stuff that isn't yours 
Um, says you don't have to deal with other people's emotions. That's for them to deal with, not you. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's part of healing actually is realizing that we don't realizing that we do take on other people's stuff sometimes and that we don't have to, and that we don't want to, and that that actually is just a covering over our true selves. We can't be our true selves when we are busy being somebody else, Mm -hmm. feeling somebody Mm -hmm. else's stuff. And that's really freeing and liberating. And when I realized it at first, it was kind of heartbreaking for me too, because I just thought, oh my God, I've been walking around not even being myself for years and years and years and years. And I didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. I felt like really kind of. Yeah, I thought I was being the good the girl. Exactly. Yeah. You're like I'm. Yeah, doing you it. thought you were doing what you were supposed to. Right, and I was doing mm-hmm. what I was supposed to, but only according to everybody else mm-hmm. and not me. Mm-hmm. And it can be mm-hmm. hard to change because once you stop doing that, you're breaking a whole bunch of energetic rules that you have with other people, and mm-hmm. they're not spoken rules, but they don't like it when you change. They're like, wait a minute, we were playing this game and this was great for me. How come you're not playing anymore? And they, mm-hmm. it can not feel so good. And so sometimes it's harder to change than not. Well, I heard this saying recently, um, when you put up a boundary, it forces other people to adjust and it forces them to have to change. And, um, you know, a boundary is for you. It's self-protective for you. Mm-hmm. Um, if other people can't tolerate that, then maybe they're not the right person to be with you at that moment in time. That's a hundred percent right. I agree. Mm. You know, we all need boundaries. Most of us didn't learn how to put up safe boundaries, um, or that we were even allowed to. And right. yeah, and it is, it's it's another way of changing those rules and it can be hard because you start to you can start to see people disappear from your life and that can't always feel good. Um, but then it actually does feel good because mm-hmm. you realize things <laughs> don't feel you're so icky anymore. You're free of it, right? We get attached right. to what we think we want and then we go, oh, I didn't know that that, that flavor tasted so good because I never had that one before. Give me more of that. that I like boundaries. Right. Right. Yeah, it just opens you up to a whole new way of experiencing life. And, um, you know, if I, I think I've had many, many therapies that have helped me get to that point, but cranial sacral was definitely one that I liked adding to my toolbox. Um, it was something that I had really never experienced before and such a valuable lesson. Um, so thank you so much for um, giving me a session and how could other people get sessions from you if they're interested? If they're interested. So anyone can find me at amy at amymercury.com. Um, that's my website and you can contact me through there. Amymercury.com is my website that you can just add my name to the beginning of that and shoot me an email or on Instagram. I am transformama Amy Mercury. And Transformama is another part of the work that I do just um, with the mother wound and stuff. Um, Anyone who listens to the podcast today, I would be happy to give a special price on sessions. So definitely contact me if you want and say, I heard you on Making Headway podcast. I want something special. 
<laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And I'll put all this in the show notes too for anyone that's like me and has trouble hearing it and then remembering it. Um, it will be written. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we'll have it. Uh, just so I don't know if people really recognize um, the show notes that show up in Apple or your podcasting platform are a very uh, abbreviated form. We have a much more in-depth form on our website at makingheadwaypodcast.com. Um, so definitely do check that out. If you're ever wondering like, Hey, I didn't get enough of what I needed. It'll be in there. They're pretty in-depth <laughs> notes. Um, so I really, um, appreciate you coming on today, Amy. This was an excellent conversation. I don't think either one of us knew, you know, what direction things were going to go, <laughs> but I'm really happy with the results and the fact, you know, that we touched on so many important topics today. So thank Good. you for joining me. Good. Thank you for having me. I am so glad. And for anyone listening, even if you just want to shoot me an email, um, even if you don't want a session, if you have questions about anything that was talked about today or anything like that, I am, I'm here. So please feel free cool. to reach out. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, Amy. Thank um, you. This is Erin signing out for the Making Headway podcast. See you next time. Hi, everyone. Making Headway Podcast is just a side project that I love. It's given me a lot of community, along with giving you guys community as well. And I really thank you for supporting me. If you'd like to do something extra, we would really appreciate it. There's a few ways you could help us out. Rate us on your favorite podcasting platform. Share us with friends, family, or anyone that you think might want to listen. Also, clicking on the links in our show notes for Amazon gives us just a small kickback, just enough to help pay those bills. If you wanted to do something more, which we would really appreciate, you can donate at www.makingheadwaypodcast.com. Lastly, we have a Patreon account as well. That's found at www.patreon.com slash makingheadwaypodcast. Anything you can do to support us really helps us out. Thank you so much. We really love you, listeners. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Making Headway Podcast. For more information and show notes, visit makingheadwaypodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review. Check us out at Making Headway Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and share with your friends. Catch you next time. All topics are intended to be used for educational and entertainment purposes only. The podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare provider for any issues or treatment considerations you may have. For our full legal terms, please see our website at makingheadwaypodcast.com. This podcast was recorded, mixed, and mastered with love at Stout Heart Studios. Sun rises across the ocean.